is Jared of the GM on ESPN 1025 The Game. We are live from Pete and Terry's Tavern, Bridgestone Arena. Crispy going to join us at 4.30. His team, the Calgary Flames, in town, taking on the Predators tonight. And we've got tickets to give away, so come on out and register right here at Pete and Terry's Tavern. Here's what we got on this Halloween. We got the box for you to register, win tickets right over there. And then right in front of us, we got trick-or-treat candy, so come on out and get your candy because every piece of candy you eat is a piece of candy that I'm not going to eat. And, you know, we, we know we don't want that. Uh, there is a player on the Titans, Floyd. There are a lot of players who will be free agents at the end of this year for the Titans. Now, some of them are important. Some of them aren't. For example, Chris Milton is going to be a free agent, the backup corner, who's a special teams player. And no offense, but even though I think Chris Milton does an okay job when he's healthy, if Chris Milton is not on the Titans next year, I think I'll live. Is, is he unrestricted? That's a really good I'm question. I don't know the answer to it. I'm uh, not sure I care. Mariota's a free agent. Jack Conklin's a free agent. Wesley Woodyard's a free agent. I mean, there are a lot of guys that are in their contract years. Mariota, Conklin, Woodyard, Bates, Ryan Tannehill, Kevin Pamfield, Dennis Kelly is an unrestricted free agent at the end of the year. Chris Milton, Kamale Correa, Austin Johnson, Derek Henry, Cody Parkey, Rod Smith, David Fluellen, Michael Pruitt, Darius Jennings, who they cut today, Tajay Sharp, Ty Smith, LaShawn Sims are all unrestricted free agents. Uh, and Ty Smith is a restricted free agent. But everybody else, unrestricted. So at the end of the year, Tajay could go somewhere else, and that'll probably be that. Same with Woodyard, same with all these guys. The one guy I didn't mention is the one guy who, honestly, the more I've thought about it, the more I think the Titans need to sign right now. Did you notice the one name I, I omitted who will be a free agent at the end of the year? I mean, I wasn't really listening, but I'm going to guess it was uh, Logan. Logan Ryan. Yeah. Because the more I think about it, the more I think that he might be like the most – underrated player on the Tennessee Titans. And this came to my head yesterday when we were talking about Jamal Adams. And Jamal Adams threw his little fit yesterday about how the Jets were in trade talks about Adams and about how he felt like he's Aaron Donald and Tom Brady and they shouldn't, you know, they don't take calls on Tom Brady, so don't take calls on me. And I'm thinking to myself, how stupid does Jamal Adams sound saying something like that? And I looked at his stats. Jamal Adams has two interceptions in his career. Logan's got three this year. Logan's got three and a half sacks. Logan does everything for that Titan defense. And he was talking about how much he wants to become a versatile player on in Dean Pease's defense. And he was on Ian Rappaport's podcast, Rap Sheet and Friends, and was talking about how he wants to be versatile under Dean Pease. And, you know, everybody wants to rank these corners and who does this and what does Gilmore do. What Gilmore does is elite in what he does. What Jalen Ramsey does has athleticism that very few others do. But then you got a guy like Kenny Moore who's a really good nickel in, yeah. in Indy, and what he does with his blitzes and stuff are cool, but he plays nothing but zone. And then there's corners that play nothing but man and can't play zone. And there's some corners that travel and don't travel. So I'm like, who's the, I'm trying to be a guy that does, encompasses everything has some blitzes with the best blitzing guys, covers like some of the best covering guys, and all in all tackles. And I think what Charles Woodson did when he won defensive MVP, and you know my agents represented Revis and felt yep. like Revis should have run it that year, obviously. So, yeah, But um, so what he's able to do is really impact the game and make those game-changing plays. And, you know, we're in a modern-day football now where we got a guy like Christian McCaffrey who's a Swiss Army knife, and he can run the ball and he can catch the ball, and they're – 
have these backs and wide receivers that can do both and spread you out. Well, why not have some versatile defensive weapons that can stop the run, stop the pass, play nickel all game, and have Logan adjust. So it's really fun. I think Dean's really let me grow this thing. I think I'm creating my own position here. And I think he is. And I think he's a guy. Now he makes $10 million a year, and how long is Logan going to be able to be a $10 million player? But the more I thought about it, the more I'm like, you know what? Logan Ryan is so important to that defense. He's a smart player. He's a good player. He's a versatile player. He's a complete player. He's a team player. He embodies everything they want. I think John Robinson should try to get this done with Logan Ryan before Logan gets closer to free agency. Because, I mean, to me, I think the defense would take a huge step back if Logan wasn't in it. Well, I mean, Logan is a great player. There, there is no doubt about that, and and I, I think he hit it right on the head as he was talking about it because, you know, he wants to be a cover guy, and he is a cover guy. You know, can he cover? Is he the best cover guy in the league? No. Is he a good cover guy? Yes, he is. He can blitz, and is he a great blitzer? No. Is he good? Yep. Can he play his own? Yes. Is he great? No. Is he good? Yeah. I mean, he's just really good at everything, and uh, and those guys are invaluable. And 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 this is what you find, or what I've always found. You don't appreciate those guys until they're gone, and you start replacing them. Oh, when Kevin Malai left the and Titans, you say, it was a huge loss. And you say, okay, we're, we've got to replace him. Who you get? Well, we can't. He's not as good blitz. Okay, so we got to get now a cover guy and a blitzer. Yeah, but he's really only a cover guy and man, so we got to get. So now we got to get a cover guy and man and a cover guy in his own and a blitz. So you end up, it ends up taking you three or four guys to replace the one. So, um, I mean, he is, he is a legitimate big time player, I think, and, and fits exactly what it is they're trying to do. You know, they preach team, and, you know, team comes above self. And so, you know, if you have to sacrifice a little bit of this or a little bit of that to be the team guy, then, you know, that's what he's going to do. And I think he's proven that. And on top of it all, I mean, he's a fantastic guy and a real leader. I mean, a leader from, from in, in every sense of the word. Do you know who he kind of reminds me of in terms of his value to the team? He kind of reminds me of Mike Fisher. You know, like when Mike Fisher was with the Predators, Mike was a good player. And Mike did a lot of things two ways, right? But you could tell when they didn't have Mike Fisher last year, you could tell what they were missing without having Mike Fisher. And I'm not sitting here saying that, you know, that the you know, Roman Yossi's a bad captain or anything like that. I'm not saying that. But it just it, it felt like you could feel the drop off of no Mike Fisher. In fact the Predators have never won a playoff series in which Mike Fisher has not been on the team. Yeah. And you knew that LaViolette trusted Mike Fisher even towards the end of his career when he was slowing down a little bit and wasn't really doing much offensively. You knew LaViolette trusted Mike Fisher to put him in a big situation, to win a big draw, to go up against a good line. And I feel the same way about these coaches and Logan Ryan. So even if you give Logan, I, what if you went to Logan right now? He's making $10 million a year. And you just gave him two more years. So you just said, we'll keep it the same salary for $10 million for the next two years. And I don't know if Logan would take that or not, or if Logan wants another deal, or if Logan's going to be worth that. But I would be willing to overpay a little bit on Logan just to keep him here. Because to your point, you'd have to get three guys 
to do what Logan Ryan does. And that's before you look at the leadership aspect uh, and the team aspect of Logan Ryan. Yeah, I mean, those, like I said, those guys are always difficult to replace. And, uh, and, and I, think what, I think what JR is going to do is he's going to go through that list of guys and start talking to them all, you know, to one degree or another. And, and the deals that you can get worked out now, then I think you get worked out now. You know, the deals you can't, then you're going to have to buy time through. But, um, you Do you know, think they're working on a Logan deal right now? I, like I said, I wouldn't be surprised if they're working on a deal with everybody. Everybody, they, everybody they want to keep, you know. So which Every, guys? Which guys do you think that that would be? Like, obviously, I mean, I think we all think that they're going to want to keep Logan Ryan. Oh yeah, I would think so. Like, remember last year when Daquan Jones, or two years ago when Daquan Jones went to free agency and they ended up bringing him back? You knew they liked Daquan, but I felt like it was kind of a. All right, let me let you see what you can get out there, and let me see what I can get out here. And if we come back together, we come back together. Well, sometimes you offer. I don't want to take that risk with Logan. Sometimes you offer a guy what you know is a market deal, and yet his agents are telling, "Hey, I can get you twice as much as that uh, out here on the market." You know, we got to get to free agency, and we'll get and and it's something that you know you're not going to go to that level. You're not you're not going to pay him that much because you know he's not worth that much. And so you let him go out there and start wandering around. And now all of a sudden these agents that were, you know, claiming they could get him a bunch of money are coming back with essentially the same deal you just turned down. And now you're saying, oh, you know, is that deal still out there? Well, I'm, I think I'm ready because I'd just I'd much rather stay here than go someplace else for the same amount of money. Let's take your calls. And here's the question. Is, is re-signing Logan Ryan a big deal? And I overestimating Logan's value to the football team. Should the Titans, in the middle of the season, be concerned about re-signing Logan Ryan? And again, what really got me thinking about it was looking at Jamal Adams' stats. I mean, Jamal Adams is going to compare himself to Tom Brady and Aaron Donald. And I'm thinking, you're not even Logan Ryan. And then I'm thinking, wait a minute. Don't let Logan Ryan get away. 615. 615- Seven three seven one zero two five six one five seven three seven one zero two five plus. We'll go over the list of Titans free agents. Who would Floyd be reaching out to if he was the general manager right now? Because you would be talking to Logan's agent, saying, "Hey, let's talk." I would be talking to anybody that I wanted to keep. And so let's go over that, that list on the next on the other side. Six one five seven three seven one zero two five plus. There is one thing I am scared to death about with Carolina. We'll get to that coming up because it's becoming a problem this week. But coming up next, Logan Ryan talks about Mariota and the Tannehill situation. We'll get to that as well. Jared and the GM, we got a lot going on. We're live from Bridgestone Arena, Pete and Terry's Tavern outside the Sobro entrance on Halloween. Happy Halloween, everybody. It's ESPN 1025, the game. Yeah, it's always different when you change that guard or whatever you want to say, but I think it speaks to our quarterbacks. I think it speaks to Ryan coming in and being prepared and uh, he's been a starting quarterback in this league, so it wasn't anything that he's not capable of. And I think it shows Marcus, who was able to support Ryan during the change and not come up and blow up the team or demand a trade or come in and uh, make it all about him. I just think it shows his humility and how great of a leader he is, that even when it's not best for the team and they're going a different direction, to still be supportive, still be there um, hop on on the practice field and go against our number one defense. I mean, Marcus has been going against us in practice and giving us a great look, shredding us in practice some days. 
Logan Ryan, boy, he is a just great, great leader. And he's talking about the quarterback change there and the way he highlights both guys and how professional they are. and Finds positive about both. Finds positive. The idea of Mariota shredding him in practice. I'm going to tell you this. When he said that, that Mariota shredding him in practice at times, that doesn't surprise me. You ever seen the guy who's afraid to make a mistake? Like, I, I mean, I know you didn't play basketball. You've been football your whole life, and I'm sure you've seen t- tons of this. But, like, I would play basketball with guys who are afraid to make mistakes in games or in practices when, you know, you'd be running plays or something, and then you'd just roll the ball out and play pickup, and they look like a totally different player. You know, because they weren't worried about trying to run the play, or Nobody they weren't worried about the score. coach taking them out, yeah. or they weren't worried about anything. They were just like, hey, give me the ball, let me score. And I, that would not surprise me if Mariota was out there on the practice field wheeling and dealing uh, on the scout team because who cares if I suck? Like, I don't know. Who cares? And that would probably drive Rabel insane to see that. But I think that wouldn't surprise me given how worried I think Mariota is of making mistakes. But we talk about Logan Ryan and how important I think Logan Ryan is to the Titans. Uh, and I think I, I think they got to go to Logan, and they've got to. And I don't even know exactly how old Logan is. I'm going to guess he's probably around my age. I'm 30. Logan's 28. So, is he 28? 28. Good. So I mean, you could, in theory, he's. This is probably going to be his last contract, wherever he gets. So you're going to have to give him some money. But are you willing to, like, let's say, if next year, if Logan's slowed down a little bit? and he can't be the Logan he is right now, are you okay with paying a big bill because of what you know even a slowed-down Logan will be able to give you, kind of like Woodyard, plus the leadership aspect, again, kind of like Woodyard. And I think I would be willing to risk that with Logan. Plus, you know Logan takes care of himself, and you don't have to worry about him being out of shape or anything like that. And, And if Logan is smart, if in fact he is offered a new contract, he can structure it so that... It compensates for his decreased, you know, skill set, whenever that is, and and so that that would help him too. Now I'm not, you know, the agent would say no, I'm never going to do that, but the player may say, hey, I want to stay here and it makes sense. Let's do it. I would overpay for Logan Ryan. Here are the other free agents, and you tell me if you would be reaching out to these guys' agents right now about the idea of trying to re-sign them even during the season. We know they already did that with Ben Jones who they re-signed. But uh, I'm going to leave Mariota out of this. I don't think you're reaching out to Mariota's agent. Jack Conklin. Sure. Really? Sure. I mean, you turned down his fifth-year option. Plus, I'm pretty sure, I mean, I'm pretty sure they're going to take Jack to market. You asking me or you you tell, giving your opinion? Well, I'm asking you. Okay. Woodyard. Uh, yeah. Darren Bates. Uh, Tannehill. Oh, yeah. But... You know that if you're calling Tannehill's agent, what's he going to say? I don't know. <laughs> That's why you call him. Well, okay, so if you, if you were to call Tannehill's agent today, what would you ask him for? I wouldn't ask him for anything. I mean, I, you're just conversing. You know, hey, what's, what are his plans? What are his goals? What's he looking for? Does he like it here? Does he like Vrabel? Does he like me? Does he like... You know, would he be in favor of working something out? What all, all the stuff you just chat about. What if he says he wants to be here, he wants to be a starting quarterback in the NFL, but he wants to be compensated like a starting quarterback in the NFL? 
Well, yeah, but starting quarterback salaries, there's a lot of variety there. You know, I mean, I think you're, you know, the question becomes, does he want to be paid, you know, I mean, we can't get to throw out a figure. You know, we can't, we can't pay him $27 million a year. We can't pay him 25 whatever the numbers are. And, you know, as long as he's listening, then, you know, it gives you some kind of foundation, some kind of base. Well, you said yesterday you wouldn't do 15 a year for three years. Right now I wouldn't. But he's going to, I mean, if you were to call Pat Dye right now, even if you, the GM on the radio, were to call Pat Dye right now and he were to answer and you were to say, what about 15 a year for Tannehill? He'd say, I don't know, Floyd. I, I think we're probably looking for a little bit north of that. Right. Although he would probably inflate it to you on the radio. He'd probably say, we're looking for $80 million a year, Floyd, or something crazy yeah, like that. No, I mean, it, you, all you're doing is you're trying to, if you can get some kind of parameters on a guy so that you have an idea of whether or not you can sign him. I mean, that's all you're trying to do in early conversations. You're not saying, hey, you know, I can pay you this way and I can offer you this much and I can give you this much signing bonus and, and stuff like that. I mean, there are really no dollar, dollar figure probably in her. Okay, what about <laughs> Pamfield? No. Nah. Dennis Kelly? Yes. I mean, I think I'm stunned that they would have both Kelly and Conklin in contract years. I mean, I think Kelly's a no-brainer. I think you got to get that done. Like, just like how I feel about get the Logan Ryan deal done right now, I say get the Kelly deal done right now, too. Because at least well, if the you Kelly lose deal, Jack the, and you have Kelly. The Kelly deal might be easier, you know, from a standpoint that, you know, what's he, what's he going to play? Is he going to be the starter? Is he going to be a backup? Is he going to be a – so, you know, it'll probably be – Jack is going to want to be, be compensated as a starter, so – you know, you're talking might be different, to play with Kelly different monies. Making low-end starter money as opposed to Conklin wanting mid-starter money to go with Kelly well, and you can and, and you can put it in the contract it. to compensate him if, in fact, he is the starter. You know, he can make some bonuses to make up the money. So you're not cheating him. You're just doing it a different way. Chris Milton. No. Kamale Correa. Uh, maybe. Austin Johnson. Yeah. See, I think they'll let Johnson go because of Simmons. Maybe. Uh, Derrick Henry. Yeah. David Flewellen. Uh, I think I'd probably let him look around a little bit. Michael Pruitt. I think I'd probably let him look around a little bit. LaShawn Sims. I'd like to have him back. Tajay Sharp. I'd like to get him back. So, I mean, do you, how many of those, convert, when you're GM and you have 20 guys that you'd like to have back, is that an unusual number for for agents that you would be checking in on, saying, "Hey, uh, you know, what's Tajay think about things here? You know, would Tajay want to sign a deal to stay here? What do we think?" Yeah, about I that? mean, I, I, we were, I would probably have conversations with every guy. I mean, simply because you don't know what's going to happen, and you don't want to all of a sudden, you know, what what does it tell the agent when it's. Uh, when it's February and all of a sudden you're calling saying, hey, I really like your guy. Can we get a deal? You know, he's going, whoa, wait a minute now. They're panicked or they lost somebody or they're going to lose somebody. And they're now my guy's got more value. And, you know, it's it's just something that I think you I think it would be good business to do. Which ones are like priority free agents to you? Like, I, I can't see Wesley Woodyard. God bless him. 
I can't see Wesley Woodyard being a priority free agent for the Titans. To me, the two guys I see as legitimate priorities outside of Tannehill, because Tannehill is, like, that is just such a huge discussion, what it would take, what it would cost, what it, what it would cost right now, what it could cost at the end of the year. If you'd want to do it at the end of the year, there's so many subsets of kind of qualifications with Tannehill that put that to the side. To me, the two gotta get them dones are Logan Ryan and Dennis Kelly. And then everybody after that, you know, like if Tajay Sharp doesn't come back next year, are you really gonna be that upset? Or do you think the Titans will be able to replace him? Or Chris Milton? Or Well, no. I mean all those guys you can replace. The question is, are you getting better or are you getting worse? Henry And maybe? you know my my thing always is, hey, uh, I'm all for if you if you don't like Sharp and you want somebody else, that's fine. Bring me somebody better. And we'll get him. That's not how J. Rob operates. Well, I don't know how. See I, the right I, guard I, position. Okay, yeah, I would guess. I would hope that he would operate that way. But I think, you know, if you can find somebody better. Now, if there's nobody better out there or nobody you like better, then, you know, all of a sudden he's got more value. That's why you just don't know what's going to happen now. Nick Saban has an update on Tua Tungavailoa before they play LSU next weekend. And I have a theory about what old Nick should do. We'll get to that coming up next here on Jared and the GM. What are you all laughing about? you got a theory about what Nick should do. What? <laughs> you sound like Jamal Adams. <laughs> what about Tom and I? <laughs> I have a theory as to what Nick Saban should do. And you know the first thing I would tell Nick to do, Floyd? What? I would tell him, hey, your Mercedes dealership, make sure you got Hiller Plumbing, Heating, Cooling, and Electrical taking good care of everything you got over there. Why? Because they take great care of me at my home. That's Hiller Plumbing, Heating, Cooling, and Electrical. Do not get spooked out about the frigid cold temperatures that we've run into overnight. Make sure that heating is up to snuff. If it is not, happyhiller.com schedule an appointment today. Hiller is right there on the ice at Bridgestone Arena, and you don't want there to be ice at your home. So make sure your heating is up to snuff. Schedule a tune-up. HappyHiller.com. HappyHiller.com. I absolutely love Hiller Plumbing, Heating, Cooling, and Electrical. They take great care of me. They will take great care of you. They're proud supporters of the National Predators and the Tennessee Volunteers with, of course, free second opinions if you like the other guys who have major work done. Call Hiller out. And, of course, true transparency pricing. That's Hiller Plumbing, Heating, Cooling, and Electrical. Proud supporters of the National Predators and the Tennessee Titans. Jared of the GM. It's ESPN 1025 The Game. I know you're going to ask me, you know, about injuries. Tua was able to took some snaps today in practice, did a few things on air, uh, was not involved in any team situations. And, again, this is going to be a day-by-day, uh, game-day decision, and there's nothing really else that I can say about it. I can tell you that his mentality um, has been really good in terms of how he's working, the things that he's doing, and how he's progressing, and his attitude toward trying to get back on the field and trying to progress. So uh, that's always a good sign. God bless Nick Saban. You know why? That was the first thing he started his press conference off with, which essentially would be Nick Saban saying, now don't ask me any more questions about Tua because I just told you everything I'm going to tell you, so don't ask another question again about Tua. And at least unlike unlike sometimes when Saban does tell the media, don't ask me anymore, he didn't have to there because if you ask him, he already told you. So there's nothing you can ask him. 
Now, to this. I have no idea if Tua Tungavailoa is going to play next Saturday against LSU. Now, I will say this. This week, whether or not Tua plays against LSU is not that big of a story. Next week, whether or not Tua plays against LSU might be the number one story in the country. Like, that game is going to be a true showdown. Alabama, LSU, in Tuscaloosa, the SEC West probably on the line next Saturday. And guess what? Tua's got to play, right? Like, you and I would both agree, if Tua doesn't play, LSU is probably the favorite against Alabama. Oh, yeah. Now, if Tua does play, there's no guarantee Alabama will win. No. But their odds increase significantly because they're better than Mac Jones. Sure. I have a theory. You ready for it? Okay. I don't play Tua next week against LSU. (laughs) Now, again, I don't know how bad the ankle injury is. Don't know how much time he needs to heal. All of that. This is the advice you want to give Nick? Yes. So I would save my breath. Well, let me me continue. (laughs) If Tua misses this game and Alabama loses to LSU and LSU wins the West and wins the SEC, LSU now gets one of the three guaranteed spots to the playoff, right? Uh, Yeah. Like there are, so. To me, there are three spots. The SEC winner, Clemson, Ohio State. Those three teams are in the playoff, end of story. Oklahoma, I thought, was going to be the fourth team in there, but they screwed that up last week. And so if Tua is not 100% and does not play against LSU, and Alabama wins that game, but then Tua comes back, and Alabama wins the rest of their games, including a road game at Auburn, which isn't going to be easy, I think a one-loss Alabama who lost to LSU without Tua gets the fourth spot in the playoff. So why risk Tua if you can lose this game without him? The fact that if he doesn't play this game, that will help your case to get in as a one-loss team and then make the playoff through the back door. What if you beat LSU and then beat Auburn and win the SEC? Do you get in then? Then you're for sure. <laughs> well, but you're risking Tua no, by playing not. him when he's hurt next week. He's not hurt. They're not going to risk Tua. He'll be all right. He'll be fine. Their, their plan is to win out. I can tell you that right now. Right, because then you take out the possibility of yeah, what, if one, what, what if the committee wakes up and says, you know what, Oklahoma has one loss, but they're a conference champion. So let's put one loss Oklahoma in over so-and-so. Right, I know what you're saying. I'm just arguing that if if two is like 30% and can risk more injury, there's no reason to play two. I wouldn't say there's no reason to play two in this game, but you can get away with not playing two. Yeah, I mean, the only way he's not playing two is if two can't play. I mean, if Tua can play, he's going to be in there. But is that the smart move? <laughs> I mean, as an NFL GM, you had games where Steve McNair could play but didn't start the Pittsburgh game, i.e., or a Buffalo if game. If your starting quarterback is healthy enough to start, he will he will play. You mean if he's healthy enough to play, he will start? Yeah. Did I say that backwards? Well, that didn't happen. That Pittsburgh game where McNair came in in relief of O'Donnell. He should have never played. That's why everybody's so astounded at that couple of passes. 
I mean, he wasn't not ready to play. But as soon as he saw the situation, put the hat on, said, okay, here we go. Well, he was the backup, so he would have had to go in the game. Well, yeah, but, I mean, we could, at that point in time, if he can't play, guess what? You go another way. You have to find another guy. So you think if Tua gets cleared, Tua will play? Oh, yeah. But doesn't that give LSU a huge advantage? And it doesn't give – I feel like it gives – it would give LSU an advantage that Tua, who's not 100%, would go out there playing quarterback. And then if you lose the LSU game, you don't have the excuse that Tua was too hurt to play. I don't, Nick is not looking for excuses. No, but the committee does take excuses. Well, Nick is not looking for that. None of these guys are looking for that. I mean, if you go out there thinking, okay, I'm going to just let them win this game and then think you're going to win the rest out, I mean, what? you know what? They could say, hey, what if Penn State wins out? What if, you know, somebody else wins out? And all of a sudden you're in. I mean, you're not in. And so, I mean, you know, you lose that one and then you lose to Auburn, you're done. You beat LSU and you lose to Auburn, you win the SEC championship, you're still in. So, I mean, I, I, I don't think there's, I mean, I don't think there's any way he'd do that. I just think that if you risk Tua and he gets hurt after this LSU game, you have no shot of winning the national championship. And I don't know how Tua can have ankle surgery last week, miss the, miss the Arkansas game, not play this week because they have a bye, and be ready for LSU with the big boys that LSU has? Like, ankles are serious business, especially a guy like Tua who runs around as much as he does. And we saw Tua at the end of last year after he had the surgery on the other ankle, I guess the same surgery, and he was not the same player. So you're going to risk Tua against the big boys at LSU? If he's ready to go, Absolutely. Well, define ready to go. I mean, he's ready to play. I mean, is he going to be 100%? Nobody's 100%. Forget the 100% stuff. I mean, this is when you're playing big-time football, 100%'s gone after the first practice. So you say, okay, where you know, where can you go and play, and can you do all your – yeah, okay, fine. Let's do it. Now, if you can't, if you can't do that, then, then it's completely – if you can't protect himself – completely different have you ever seen somebody have an ankle injury that required surgery and be ready to play two weeks later like that just seems to i've me... seen guys have knee surgery and play three days later how what do you mean how you just have the surgery you clear up the meniscus you sew it up and you go play that does not sound very comfortable <laughs> well it's not but again nobody's comfortable in these games Everybody's got something. Well, and then the other side of this is if you're Tua, is it smart to play in the LSU game knowing you're going to be the number one pick in the draft and you're going out there on a on an ankle you just now, had surgery? I, I, I'm going to guess this. I'm just guessing that Nick's quarterback is not going to be one of those guys to say, I'm not going to play because I want to protect myself. Nick, you and, and my teammates can shove it. I'm getting ready for the NFL. Right, wrong, or indifferent. Whether you agree with that or not, that's just, again, that's just a guess. Well, but there's a difference between I'm not going to play in the bowl game because I'll get hurt and I don't want to risk it, than there is 
my ankle was screwed up last year. I screwed up the other ankle. I just had surgery on it. And even though I probably could go if this were a college football playoff game, I'm going to hold back this week because we still have a lot of season to go. And I'm projected to be the number one overall pick in the draft. I mean, again, if he can play, he'll play. I think you're assuming a lot. And I'm just saying that Alabama has an excuse. I'm going I'm to bet, uh, and, and I have no verification whatsoever. I'll bet if they played this weekend, he would play. Played anybody. I mean, anybody, Even Arkansas? anybody of consequence. You know, not, Arkansas. not if they played UAB or somebody, you know. But you think but, you think that if Auburn was this week, he's playing? Oh yeah. I don't know about all that now. I, I'm, I, I said I have no verification. I have nothing to rely on. I'm just just speculating. So your thoughts on the Tua injury? Six one five seven three seven one zero two five. And does Alabama get an excuse? Do they get an excuse if Tua doesn't play against LSU? Six one five. Seven three seven one zero two five six one five seven three seven one zero two five. I think part of the reason why I would do this if I were Alabama is because I don't think Alabama's going to beat LSU, even if Tua does play. So give yourself the the excuse that Tua was hurt. Six one five seven three seven one zero two five. Also, we talked to Trevor Maddich about this. Now that Oklahoma is is damaged in terms of the playoff. Do we think the SEC's got a legitimate shot to get two teams into the tournament? We'll discuss next. 615-737-1025. Jared and the GM live out here uh, at Pete and Terry's Tavern. Silly underdog picks. Make your picks now for the three college football underdog teams you think will win this Saturday. Weekly winners will win a pair of tickets to the Franklin American Mortgage Music City Bowl at Nissan Stadium on Monday, December 30th. Go to thegamenashville.com or use the Game Nashville app. Silly underdog picks is sponsored by Volunteer Hose and Gasket. Jared and the GM. CSPN 1025, the game. Considering what we saw from Tua in the playoff, what should concern Alabama the most if Tua is not 100% healthy on November 9th against LSU? And remember, he had a little bit more time to get ready for that, that semifinal game after that procedure than he has here. My concern, and I hope he's able to play close to 100%, I think we all are, uh, for the entire game, but if he gets sacked... If he gets a, a, a defender wrapped around his ankles as he instinctively is trying to pull out of, away from trouble, which is how he got hurt right here, that's the thing where you're going to hold your breath and, and hope that he's able to get out of that. Um, th- this procedure has not only uh, been done to try to strengthen it, but it's also to prevent future injuries. But I don't know about this fast. So he's doing everything he can with the, one of the best medical staffs in the country to get himself ready to go. And if you know Tua at all, you know that he's not missing a second of rehab and doing what he needs to do. So if it's possible to be ready, he'll make it happen. It's just a matter of nobody knows what will happen if he gets sacked or if somebody wraps up around the lower part of, of his leg and he's trying to fight out of it. That's, that's the one area where you just don't know how that, that ankle will respond. That was Kirk Herbstreet on ESPN talking about Tua and his injury. And, Floyd, I will say this. The one thing that I do find to be a little concerning about Tua, and this is as the number one overall pick more so than anything else, is he's kind of got a durability question, don't you think, coming out because he had the injury last year yeah. and now he's got the oh, yeah. injury this year. I mean, that is a, Seems like every year something's hurt. I mean, if you're Chris Greer, the general manager of the Dolphins, and you're doing everything in the world in order to lose games in order to get Tua – yeah, you got to worry about the fact that you just sold your entire team off, and then you go draft Tua, and then he keeps getting hurt. 
and especially he goes to a team that's not very good, like Miami, and and that means he's going to get hit a ton. You know, how long does he survive that? I don't know. Especially when they've traded away all their tackles and offensive linemen yeah, and yeah. everything else. Let's go to your phones. By the way, uh, we are live at Pete and Terry's Tavern. One hour to come in, get your name into the box to win a pair of tickets for tonight. Uh, I, I, yours truly, am wearing a panda costume to celebrate Halloween. Floyd Orca, said, Orca, killer whale. Uh-huh. Orca, Orca's fat. Well, yeah, but a panda? What do you think, a panda's slim and trim? More than so than a Orca. A pudgy little panda? No. More than Orca. We've got, our show deserves better than panda. Killer what whale. Killer whale. And you're nothing. And I'm your trainer. But I have seen <laughs> <laughs> I go. I'll do free Willy before I do Orca, but, <laughs> but, I have seen the previous Floyd Reese Halloween costumes. <laughs> I have seen the Floyd Reese as a women's tennis player and the Floyd Reese as a biker, and I will just say, stick to being a biker. Like, you look much better as a biker than you do a female yeah, tennis I'm player. Not a pretty tennis player. No, I'm not. Don't <laughs> think so. To your phones we go. Chris is up next on the Tua Tonga Vailoa situation at Bama. What's up, Chris? Oh man, I just want to comment on. Uh, are you? You're actually questioning Saban. Well, we don't know what Saban's going to do. Exactly. You, you, you don't question Saban. I mean, how many times has he lost to an assistant? Zero. Okay. Okay. How many times he, has he lost to a better team with a better quarterback? Okay. You're not. Okay. Hello. Okay, Chris, I'm going to let you go. Thank you for the call. Let's go to Nick, who's up next here on Jared and the GM. Go ahead, Nick. Hey, guys. Uh, I agree with both both of you guys, and that's like one of the first times. But uh, if, two is, <laughs> if he's cleared, he is he's playing, no doubt. There's no excuse lost. I mean, there's so many scenarios that could play out. But even if he is playing, I think LSU's taking this. That's a bad, a bad team right there. They're awesome. So uh, I'll let you guys go, but... Uh, I hang up and, and listen. Thanks, yeah, guys. yeah, thank you for the call. I mean, that's the thing is, I, I think LSU is better than Alabama. And I, I'm not here to knock. Like, I am I promise you, I am not trying to knock Alabama when I say that I think LSU is better. I just think LSU is, is good. I mean, they are really, really good. And offensively, they are clicking. And they've always had studs on defense. And the difference in this, to me, is when Alabama – I mean, if you want to beat Alabama – you got to have a, a really good team and a really good quarterback, which is, you know, obvious. But remember when they ran into Clemson last year and we talked about, you know, is Saban going to throw things at Trevor Lawrence? And, and you threw out there, you said the one way that Trevor Lawrence won't get confused by Saban is if he's just winging it and his guys are just making plays. And that's what he was doing in the title game. Those receivers were unstoppable that night, and those defensive linemen were unstoppable. And I look at LSU's team, and I see receivers in an offense that might be unstoppable at times. Well, now, as good as their receivers and quarterbacks are, Alabama's are better. You think but two is better than Burrow? I think the combination of all the receivers and Rubs the quarterback. and Judy yes. and those guys. Yeah. And, and, and not taking anything away, you know. LSU's quarterback may be playing better, but their receivers aren't, and so I, I, that's why I said I think I think Alabama's are better. But the thing that I'm going to be really interested in seeing is this is the first 
championship game, that LSU championship caliber game LSU's been in, you know, at, of this magnitude. With this crew. Yeah. And so I, I'm be interested to see how they react to all that. Let's go to Ryan, who's up next on Tua. Thank you for calling. What's up, Ryan? Hey, Jeff. Um, I can put it like this. Tua not playing against LSU is like back when uh, Peyton Manning's in the game and telling Tom Brady, hey, you're a little banged up. You can't play against Peyton Manning this week. Tua's going to play if he can play. It's going to be as simple as that. I don't think he should. I agree with you. And your position is the first overall pick in the draft. You're going to ruin your career for a single game. Just to win a national championship, I'm sorry. I'd be looking at my, I'd be looking at more of my NFL career, more than I'm worried about worried about my college career. That I've done everything I could to just win another championship. I will so say I this, Ryan. I, 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 I will thank you for your call. I do think Nick Saban cares about these guys getting to the NFL. Oh yeah, and he understands the recruiting aspect of this. That hey, if I get guys to the NFL, it's going to work. But he brought up Brady and Manning. Those guys never miss games. Those guys don't miss practices. Those guys don't like missing practice. I mean, Manning never missed games. Brady doesn't miss games. Right. So Saban wants those kind of guys on his team. The I don't miss games type. And then Saban will be the one that will say, no, you can't go. If he's worried somebody's going to hurt their NFL career. And I believe Saban would put Tua's NFL career ahead of his own interests. Nick does as good a job of of giving his players true direction prior to the draft than anybody else in the country. I mean, he is completely to the nth degree honest. And he backs it up with facts. And so when he sits down with Tua or whoever the, the prospect is, you know, he'll tell him, hey, if you're a first 15 pick, you got to go. Mm-hmm. I don't care. I want to stay. No, you got to go, man. You're, you're going to be a top 15 pick. Go make your money, you know, have a career. But if, if you're going to be top of the second round and he knows he can make you a top 15 pick next year, he'll tell you that too. You know, don't go. I'll, I'll make you more money next year. And And generally speaking, I think it works out that way. So, I mean, he's really, really honest with those guys. Josh is up next on Tua. What's up, Josh? Hey, what's going on, guys? Uh, hey. Sort of in here. Um, I mean, I'll be, I know, against Arkansas last week. I mean, we put Mack in there. Obviously, he missed on some throws that Tua may have been more pinpoint on. But, I mean, our offense seemed to be humming along pretty good with Mack in there. So, my opinion, big Diamond fan here, but why don't we start Mack beginning of the game if Tua is not 100% and just see what it goes but don't be – don't be afraid to pull the trigger and put two in there if, if things go south. But don't let us get in a big hole too quick. Both offenses are pretty powerful. I mean, this may end up being a Pac-12 type shootout. Thank you for the call, Josh. I mean, that, to me, that doesn't make a lot of sense to start Mac Jones and then bring Tua in in case things go poorly. Are, uh, are we trying? Are we curious if Mac Jones is as good as Burroughs? Is that <laughs> what we're trying to find out? Because I got the answer right now. <laughs> <laughs> And the answer is? And the answer is, no, he's not. So if he goes in there and if he struggles, well, if he goes in there, he's going to struggle now. 615-737-1025. Coming up next, has Ryan Tannehill, if nothing else, proved at least one thing about the future of the Titans? We'll get to that coming up live from Pete and Terry's Tavern. Crispy 
will join us at 4.30. We'll be giving away Preds tickets at 4.45. Now we're going to give away a pair of Nashville. Uh, no, never mind. We're going to do that later in the show. Never mind. <laughs> we'll do that for Ask the GM instead. False. We're just kidding. Totally false. Tricking you. Here on Jared and the GM as we are live. Uh, so at 5 o'clock, we'll be giving away Nashville SC tickets. So be listening for your opportunity uh, to win those. Jared and the GM, let me tell you about my buddy T.J. Anderson. That's right, T.J. Anderson Homes. I was out last week looking at homes with T.J. This dude knows the market. He knows where to buy in Nashville. He knows how to sell in Nashville. I'm telling you, if you're thinking about buying or selling your home, you got to call my guy T.J. Anderson. That's right, T.J. Anderson Homes, part of Benchmark Realty. They know the Nashville market. They know the surrounding counties and cities and the suburbs of Nashville, as well as anybody else, too. That's why I'm telling you all about T.J. Anderson. Text RADIO, R-A-D-I-O, to 615-866-4670 to get your home's value. I love to keep up with my home's value, so text RADIO to 615-866-4670 to see your home's value, and you'll get updated monthly. Again, that's 615-866-4670. If you're thinking of selling your house, thousands of people go to tjandersonhomes.com daily so have your house be amongst those thousands that thousand that are viewed tj anderson i'm telling you he's the real deal tj anderson homes part of benchmark realty tj anderson homes.com jared the gm cspn 1025 the game